A message for our listeners. This episode includes a conversation about acts of sexual abuse, while no explicit details are shared. Please be compassionate with yourself if this could be a trigger for you, your heart, or your emotions. Welcome to HEAL. On today's episode, certified sound therapist Kristen Lund graciously shares her healing journey from sexual trauma to an eating disorder, to finding her path to practice healing the human heart through singing bowl therapy. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. Thank you, Kristen Lund, for being here. Oh, thank you. sharing your gifts and your stories. So I really appreciate you taking the time. No, I I appreciate you inviting me. So I'm happy to be here. (laughs) This literally is a project that I created out of seeing a need to share more about what does it take to heal? What does healing look like? How do we heal? You know, my, one of my hypotheses is that healing is a bit of a four letter word out there in the world because it's often challenging and there's skin eruptions and vomiting and crying and all that uncomfortable (laughs) stuff we don't want to share or put ourselves out there for. And yet I want people to be validated that that's actually, those are good discharges and ways for us to restore our body, mind, soul back into ourselves and to get, bring ourselves back into alignment. And, you know, when I found out about the work that you do and some of the amazing stories you have both, I'm, I'm curious about your own, like, how did you come to sound therapy? Like what, what your journey looked like personally. And then also some of the amazing things that you've shared with me that you've seen it make a difference with other people, especially with what we're dealing with right now, how timely to have a methodology that takes care of our heart as well as our body that takes care of, you know, our emotions as well as our physicalness. So thanks again. Yeah, no. So where should I start? So I guess my, well, first of all, to talk about healing, that healing has many forms that it doesn't, it's not the same for every person. And I think approaching healing with an open heart and an open mind is really the most you could do for yourself in in terms of if you could remove yourself from yourself and just that wasn't you going on this journey, what would you want for the person? But to get rid of the boundaries of what healing looks like, I think trying, you know, it took me, I think 15 years before I found this, like this was the thing that worked for me in the biggest way, but that doesn't mean I didn't try, you know, acupuncture and, you know, I went to see an osteopath, a, you know, a naturopath. Like it's, you need a team to, yeah. um, to really help you. And sometimes these things, you know, one leads to another and, you know, you have breakthroughs and then you move on from whatever person helped you. And, and honestly, the other message I want to get across is we all have this muscle to, you know, it's, it's a sixth sense that before our society changed and we moved away from each other, we were, li- we lived in communities with elders that helped guide us. And so we are each other's guides. And, you know, it took, you know, me being told that by several other healers before I could actually give into it and say, okay, well, maybe, you know what, I could help people. And if, Mm. you know, it's selfish of me, just because, you know, I might have been uncomfortable at first, it didn't mean that that was a reason to walk away or, you know, I had, you know, little kids and, a business and was on boards and, you know, how do I have time for, you know, this business and to help other people, but it's honestly been my highest calling, the most 
rewarding thing I've ever done. And, and I feel very blessed. And I think if anything, if I could just inspire like other people to know that whatever journey you're on, you know, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for, you know, possibly somebody else who might need you to get through that, be it your kids, your family, a friend, there's somebody out there that needs you. And, you know, this, we're, we're just in this temporary space. I always say like everything is temporary. It's not, it's, it's, you know, transition, you know, even if, you know, with kids, it's like you gain 40 pounds or something. And then, you know, it's just temporary, like, you know, but with, with my case, you asked how I found this and I, you know, I didn't, um, it's taken me a long time. It took me a long time, only until a few years ago to where I started telling people what had happened to me because one, I didn't want to be a victim Two, I didn't want to be identified with what had happened Three, I felt like there's always somebody that has it worse with a worse, you know, mm. situation, like, you know, more trauma. So, but basically I was uh, 17 and I was a virgin. I had never seen a penis. Like I, and I was date raped and it wasn't like violent, but it was something was stolen from me. And there was definitely a lot of no's and there was no alcohol substance, nothing like that involved from either of us. And it was just, you know, I don't, the, the other person was a couple years older and I was just naive. And I really, I blame myself for a long time. Like mm. why, you know, why did I lie to my parents about where I was? You know, I, I think that was probably maybe the first or second time. Like I always got caught. Like if I ever, I was really straightforward and honest with my, with uh, my parents and, you know, I was high honors, uh, captain of the basketball team, president of my class. Yeah. flute, choir, you know, all state flute, like name it. There was nothing. My life was in control and order. I knew where I was going and this turned me upside down. And so, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what way was up anymore. And I just cried for a week, like every day, like I just didn't know how to cope. And then I developed an eating disorder mm-hmm. to help try and regain control of, of what had happened. And so, and then as this eating disorder like progressed, it was, you know, then I found diet pills, which are now illegal ephedra. So, you know, I lost six teeth. I developed PCOS, like hair on my butt, like all kind. I mean, I was told I couldn't have kids. It went on for probably seven, it's probably like 21 or 22 when I finally got a hold of it. And it was through alternative you know, my parents didn't have money, like they couldn't. And I, you know, I, I try to go through to a, a normal path, like to talk to psychologists, and it just it wasn't even touching it. And I thought, okay, this is, you know, I need something else here. So, so flash forward to five years ago, I was in a kundalini yoga class, and which, you know, deals with breath work and things. And they had, at the end of the class, they had crystal bowls. And, and so, <laughs> so the crystal bowls, when I heard the bowl, it was it was as if like I was being held. It was finally, it was like this relief of, you know, you're okay. You know, just like let go, like whatever it Mm -hmm. is I needed to, I didn't know what I had to let go of, but I knew I needed the bowls in my life. And, and so, you know, it's a, just to talk a little bit about the bowls, it's an Eastern form of medicine. Each bowl has a note that corresponds to a different chakra And so if the bowl is not in tune or it's out of pitch, then I know that that chakra is, off balance. And so, so anyhow, but that's kind of a roundabout way of how I backed into this. It was through, I, I'm such an intense person. I worked on wall street as a sales trader. I worked at Armani at L'Oreal and marketing. I like, I was used to an intense, no BS, 
you know, like prove this kind of just, you know, I, I don't know. It was just, there was something so straightforward about it that um, it got through all of my layers of, you know, resistance to, hmm. you know, healing or coping or whatever it was. So yeah. anyhow, but does that help? I mean, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, like that. I mean, and thank you so much for what you're just sharing. I mean, it's, it is a big deal and I'm starting to lose track of which conversations I've shared and not with different people in these podcasts. So like for my listeners, some of you may have already heard this and some haven't, but like I've had my own journey with sexual molestation and things that I actually don't interpret them anymore as rape because of the work that I've done. I now know that there was parts of me that like, I would call it unconsensual sexual contact things that, you know, at that time I was not in alignment with at my highest self, but I also can see the places in myself personally with what happened where I was checking out, I was not being present. I was not doing the things that I actually knew to do some part of me, you know, and, and there was a disassociation process and that that has been an element of healing at the deepest level. And then I ended up correlating the sexual contacts that I had with my chronic constipation. Like there was a connection there between this physical holding things in that are toxic to me and holding on to my conversations of being sexually abused. And as I've let that go and I've been healing it through more on the energetic healing side of things, like no amount of taking senna or magnesium citrate was getting to the root causes. It would keep things moving, but it wasn't getting to the root causes. And so as I've done the emotional work, that has been one of my last symptoms that like hasn't let me go. And it's starting to let go more and more the deeper I get into healing at that level. So like, I just love your generous sharing about that. And, and then seeing how he came into the sound therapy is really cool. Yeah. And I think we had talked about too, that, you know, before things manifest physically, they're in our energetic field. And so, you know, who knows why that happened, but I mean, obviously it's led me, we wouldn't be the person we are today if that didn't happen. And so, you know, and it, but I understand sometimes when people are healing or going through trauma, it helps to talk about, you know, or, or hear someone else's story that's come out on the other side. And, you know, I also grew up with a really like a very metaphysical mother that just always lectured me about act as if, I mean, she talked about trauma, her father molested her and her sister for as far back in their childhood as she could remember. And he was a well-paid engineer. Her mother was a rockhead. Like, I mean, in that trauma, I mean, she's still dealing with that as, you know, in, in her sixties, but she's worked through it. And, you know, she was a wonderful mother to, to us. And, but I think it's just also important to not label ourselves and, and to just trust the process and have faith that, you know, that you will come out and it's not every day is easy. And, you know, sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back or it's, but whatever your path is, it's meant for you and you don't have to compare it to anyone else's because it's, it's unique and important. Yeah. So I want to hear more about like, cause it's interesting. Like sometimes I have people that I could talk with that I know a lot about their modality and sound therapy is one that for whatever reason, like I've experienced it. I've had people play bowls. I've never done like a one-on-one session. My first experience ever with sound therapy was I was actually at a relationship retreat in Northern Arizona. And one of the sessions we did over the weekend was this woman came in and played a gong. 
and it was oh, yeah. associated with heart chakra and Jupiter. And you might know more about why <laughs> that is than I do, but I just, that's what I remember about it. And it was huge. It was like up at the front of the room. It was this giant metal gong and she played it for an hour and a half and I sobbed the entire time. And like, it would get that's loud amazing. and it would come all the way through my body and emotions would just like leave. And I, mean, <laughs> I didn't even have any thoughts. Like it wasn't like I was sitting there thinking about something. There was just things happening in my body. And I mean, it was really profound experience. And I, since then have had been around a few times with gongs. I've been in Buddhist meditation retreats where someone will continually play a um, meditation bowl of, of either metal or crystal. And, you know, I've been around it to some degree, but I actually am kind of clueless about what does it do and how does it work or what do you know about it? And like, well, what, I mean, what, yeah. what the heck really like a <laughs> sound of a bowl and healing, like connect the dots for me. And this is exactly why I pursued this because my, my most brilliant, you know, holistic friends had, had, you know, maybe encountered it once. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, it's too powerful for, you know, so many people who are passionate about wellness to not know more about it. And I really believe that everybody who has a yoga mat should have a bowl mm. because it's it's just another layer of meditation. Too much detail can can get kind of boring. But so I work with the Tibetan bowls, which are, you know, of a Tibetan the uh, note system and the crystal bowls are the Vedic system from India. So, but with both the B bowl is the crown chakra. And it, so what happens is when you strike the bowl, um, the reason why crystals are so powerful is we know they've been around for millennia, that tribes use them, they're on every continent. So people felt some kind of energy and vibration coming from them on a subtle level already. So when you melt them down at you know 3000 degrees and form them into a pot, you actually are, and you, then you strike them, you're getting, I think, a higher dose of the crystal vibration and it's mm. going you know, more directly into you. And with the gongs, and I'm not sure, you know, I, I haven't gone into gongs yet, but I mean, I want a gong. It's similar, <laughs> this, this sound. Yeah. I, I'm just, you know, I'm dealing with these, but with, with the Tibetan bowls, there are seven different metals, and each metal corresponds to a planet. Like, there's mm. gold and, the, you know, the sun, and the mercury is mercury. There's lead, uh, silver for the moon. So it's so interesting how it lines up with the universe and wow. our planets that there's seven metal metals and you know and that correspond to the planets the people there's two clans left in tibet that have been making these bowls these families for almost you know they say you know 2000 years which is hard to believe but there's no proof that they are around that they were came to be around the time of buddha but they you know buddha is sometimes depicted with a bowl in his hand and mm. The monks use the bowls because, again, for me, it, you know, meditation, for most people, meditation is difficult and it takes a lot of practice and, you know, thoughts pop in our head and we're wondering if we're doing it right and is it happening fast enough? And the bowls were just instant meditation for me. It was like mm. a shortcut. And so there's, to break it down into more physical, like a scientific physics approach, you know, everything has a vibration, including our thoughts. So before I work with somebody, I always ask them what their intention is. And if they don't know, sometimes by the end they know, but I always ask for the highest level of healing. So if there's somebody out there that has a crystal bowl or they were given a Tibetan, so many times I meet people like, I got a Tibetan bowl for my wedding, but I didn't know what to do with it. And, you yeah. know, or 
I have a bowl, but like what, like, what am I supposed to do with it? Like the key is once you get a bowl and ideally, you know, machine made bowls and it's the vibration, but I advocate for handmade bowls and higher quality. But again, it's your intention behind striking the bowls. So our thoughts have a vibration and the bowls have a vibration. So the idea is that the vibration of the bowl and the vibration of your thought will <clears throat> meet and, and go forth to manifest. And mm. so, so really when I'm working one-on-one with somebody, it's, I'm there, I'm holding a space for them, like connecting kind of my soul is in touch with their soul. And I don't usually talk too much about metaphysical stuff because it can, I, I want people to know that there's, there's a scientific foundation to this. Just I mean, 30 years ago, you know, people who did meditation knew that it worked, but everyone else, what was kind of science wouldn't give it any credit because there was no proof. Like it hadn't been tested. Yeah. And now modern medicine, like doctors at Mayo Clinic, the mind body medicine division is overwhelmed. Mayo Clinic is insisting like many of the general practitioner doctors go to get certified for integrative medicine therapy and learn about these things because the the reason being is that we can make ourselves sick with our thoughts. Like it, I always say it's about consciousness, like the consciousness of your thought and the awareness of your thought. And if you are sending yourself negative thoughts, it's, it's kind of rotting your, not rotting, but it's, it's slowly uh, decaying. Diminishing our level of vitality (laughs) among other things. And and everybody does. I mean, I'm guilty of it, but you know, what you want to do is, you know, observe that thought, you know, and and just say, okay, I'm having this thought. Uh, Let's replace it with a positive thought and bury the negative thought. And if it comes up again, you know, then you start to say, why am I having this negative thought again? Mm. Like what is, but, you know, working with releasing, you know, those thoughts and, and also our consciousness and, but back to when somebody's on the table and their chakras and, you know, I'm asking for, you know, what it is this person needs and I'm listening to the bowls to find out, okay, is it their root chakra that's blocked? Is it their heart chakra? Usually nine out of 10 times with women, it usually starts with their heart chakra, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because over the past few years, I've ended up sitting next to cardiologists, like the cardiologist, the head cardiologist for Children's National Hospital in Washington, DC, another cardiologist from the National Institute of Mm -hmm. Health. And, you know, when I talk to them about energy there, I'm thinking like, oh, I really have to sell them on this because I'm going to get some blowback. And they're, they're like, no, that's spot on. When our hearts break, if we don't deal with it, whether it's a relationship or a death or pain, if our heart breaks, we have to take time to process that disappointment, that death, whatever it is that hurt our heart. We we need to send it love and heal it. And you do that by, you know, getting together with friends, making new memories, not yeah. dwelling in it, but like moving forward. And but so anyhow, heart disease, the number of killer women and just also seeing that on the table where, you know, I'm working with the heart chakra so much. And what happens is usually it gets processed through the solar plexus. So when the solar plexus, when, you know, that bowl is out of tune. I know that, okay, that's, it's, that energy is leaving. And, and it's so simple. You just, you can do this with sage, with a bowl, with, I mean, whatever, I mean, instruments, like I, even piano, guitar, whatever it is, just you know, set that intention to release whatever it is that's not serving your highest purpose and trust, then you trust and you have faith that it will. 
and then you just wait because sometimes it doesn't always happen like right away it's like it could like months could pass and be like well you know Kristen said that it was gonna like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, yeah because yeah. it you know give it time and you know trust the process and that's kind of, and then you move on to the next thing and then that's how life kind of manifests and if we're you know lucky and fortunate so yeah did I answer the question? You, d- you did. <laughs> okay. It's great. I love your enthusiasm. I mean, it's just like, it's so awesome to get, I mean, you're communicating so much in your, you know, just how much you love it and the difference that you've seen it make. It's really awesome. So what are like some examples, like what, what, cause you know, a lot of times people will come to yoga and the conversation is like, yeah, it feels like a good workout. And I stretched my body a lot. And I'm always reminding people that this is an ancient system. The asanas are very purposeful and they bring healing to your kidneys, to your liver, to your spleen. They're, they're actually making a difference on the internal ways that your body functions and operates. So what are some of the things you'd like to share about like what the bulls are capable of and what they actually can do for people? Well, one of my favorite examples and the most dramatic, and I don't know if it's best to lead with this, but I'm always like, it was a moment for me because, you know, usually before somebody comes to see me, I, I get clear and centered and I might do like a brief meditation or play the bowls, you know, asking for just guidance and for the optimal outcome for this person, whoever's coming to see me. And, you know, I was in the desert, like picking flowers and I'm thinking, why I never do this? Why am I doing this? And, you know, I was, and then I brought him back to the bowl. I put him in water and this little boy that was coming to see me, he was six years old. He was mostly deaf, mostly blind, had never walked his mother um, and father had brought him from Canada to Phoenix, Arizona, because there were so many alternative therapies here. And I said to her, I said, what is it, you know, what's your intention for a session? What is it you want? He's like, well, I, and his name was Henry. He's so sweet. I hope I can say that. But actually, uh, the news station picked it up. So probably I can. Yeah. And, and she said, I just want him to walk, you know. And so he wasn't even laying on the table. He was just in the room hanging out and I mean, she took such amazing care of him. I mean, he was a beautiful little boy. We talked, he held the bowl. I played the bowl. I put, I just did a relaxation therapy. And later that day, she sent me a video of him taking his first steps. And I mean, like I started crying and like she was crying. I mean, it was, it was amazing. So, so that's, that's a dramatic example. And it could have been, I think it was because he was relaxed enough to feel comfortable to, you know, to try and do that, that he was still capable of it, but it could have been a number of things she was doing. Other times I've had people with, oh gosh, I mean, I did some of the stuff I didn't like, it's hard to even believe. I was like, really, you walked in with a limp and you're not limping anymore, you know, and, um, <laughs> I, you yeah. know but it's, it's yeah. true. like, and, and high profile, successful, very educated people coming up to me after like a group session saying I limped in here and I like, I don't like, I don't have a limp anymore. Like I, I, and I'm thinking like, Oh my God, like I'm so happy for you. And then meanwhile, I'm thinking like, like, I can't even process it saying, okay, thank you. And that was very early on. And now, you know, I've had other people come to me. Like there was another person, he had like chronic back pain. He couldn't remember a day that, but he didn't come to see me for that. He just wanted to see, he just wanted to check out the bowls. And yeah, and I always, and when I went into the bulls, you know, when I started buying the bulls and my husband thought, you know, I was losing it. And he's, you know, <laughs> I, I said, well, honey, they told me that the bulls are going to call people in and it's all going to be fine. Like at some point you just have to trust and listen, mm-hmm. listen to your higher self and that inner voice. And that was like the hardest was crossing that line of yeah. 
okay, maybe there is a higher voice and a higher self and I have to trust that and listen to it. That part was really hard. And, but it was, it just took people, you know, I'd go to a tea leaf reader and they'd be saying, you know, I should be doing something in the healing arts, but it, they call people in. So this person had chronic back pain, but did not come to see me for that. But the next day called me in the afternoon and said, does this help with pain? Because this is the first time. And as long as, you know, mm. I could remember that I woke up without pain. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of another, like a, some other good ones. Those, oh, I mean, people have come in with like a weight, you know, just a weight on their shoulders. Yeah. That, like the world is going to end like uh, everything is, and heavy, heavy stuff. And, and after the session, it's like, they just let go, like something releases and they let go and they, it's a 180. I mean, and, mm. and sometimes there's crying and, and I usually say in the beginning, like that's, when, if there's crying, that's great. Like you should, if you're ever crying in yoga or, or church or synagogue or wherever, like wherever you, your space, wherever your place is to, for you to release, like you just, you should be elated. Cause like the crying is the, it's a release and yeah. you don't have to know what you're releasing, but you just yeah. know that, Ooh, this is good. Like I'm making progress. Crying means progress. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a sign of strength that you're trusting and giving in to this journey. So just never hold back tears. I don't care where you are. Just, I don't, just like let it out. And if the other person doesn't get it, like that's, you know, that's their problem. <laughs> like, totally. I mean, whoever you're around, like <laughs> yeah, just do it yeah. for yourself, you know, it's, and it's hard. Cause I mean, that's happened to me before too. It's like, why am I crying right now? But it's yeah. okay. Um, I mean, I, there's probably more examples, but I just, it's kind of like a dream. You think like, did that really happen? And mm -hmm. then, um, and sometimes I make notes. Well, I mean, I, I always track everybody who comes in and out and their page and make notes and stuff. But, yeah. and a lot of times, sometimes I don't have to really do anything with the bowls and people are just coming with a big energy already and the bowls are just there to serve them. And I kind of stand back and be like, okay, well they're like, you know, there's been like Peruvian women and I mean, all kinds of other just strong you know, wonderful energies that either need to release something or they need the bowls to use the bowls in order to, you know, move through their journey. But, and that's always really cool because then it's kind of like, I'm just witnessing something and I'm not really having to use, you know, my energy or hold space. And it's just, um, so are you saying like they'll so, play the bowls themselves in those cases or, no, or I you're actually, still I mean, facilitating yeah, that? No, there's yeah there's I'm playing the bowls you know they're you know they have the eye mask on they're laying down on a massage table half the time people fall asleep which is great and fine and yeah. and the other half are kind of in and out there's it actually it works with um the theta brain waves the the bowls so between it's kind of like when you're between sleeping and awake mm. it's that that that's also the brain wave that's used during meditation and yeah. so you know an hour of bowls is the equivalent of you know like three to six hours of sleep sometimes. So people are just in this in-between state, kind of like a trance. And so so just working with energy and the bowls, I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but you start to feel that, you know, I just back off because it's like, okay, they're doing their own thing or I mean, not their own thing, meaning the energy. Like the energy, the energy is just, yeah, yeah. The, they're all they needed was the bowl. Like they had, they knew what they needed to release yeah. and, and they knew and they didn't, but they were ready to release something. And yeah. the, me playing the bowls around them, the, the energy was going where it needed to go in order for the, like to serve one, serve their highest purpose and two release whatever needed to be released. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, such a great start. I can't, I mean, I, 
whenever a session goes really well, like, and most of them do, like, I'm always so grateful for just, you know, I never want to waste anyone's time. <laughs> right. I, wanna, yeah. I, just, I want them to leave feeling like a new person or with hope and, and knowing like that inner wisdom. And I think that's the bowls. Like they feel it gives you like this sense of, it connects you with your inner knowing like you're, you're that, well, we say grounded, you know, that's another way, but there's this wisdom that we all have that we're not taught to pay attention to. Yeah. And that intuition. And it's just, it's kind of like, it just lines it up with, you know, there's no, you can't be on that table and, or around the bowls that close and have any kind of like false thought. Like everything is so authentic, so raw, so pure. Um, there's like no room for any kind of like, I don't know, anything that, I don't know, stuff surfaces and leaves and passes, but it's just, I mean, at least I find it to be that way that it's, yeah. they just, they get right to the, the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, I like have so many different directions I want to take this, but I've been been thinking about what you said about like the difference between the place where we want to go. And I think it's all valid and we need all of it, but where we, you know, I find this too in my work is like, I want to go to validating its scientific efficacy, right? And we have that. There actually is more and more research coming out about the importance of meditation, the importance of vibrational therapies. We're starting to actually have measuring capacities to be able to actually you know, my, one of my big energetic medicines is homeopathy. And there's just a lot of conversations around homeopathy that people just propagate. That's not even true where they'll just say, oh, it's unscientific. We just like to say that. That's actually not even accurate. There's actually tons of research. You can go to PubMed in the United States and put in the word homeopathy and over 6,100 research articles show up. And, you know, I'm not saying all of those are positive, some might be negative, you know. Yeah, and those plants are vibrating. And that's why, I mean, I think what brought me to the bowls was the flower essences that uh, Uh, he has from Lotus Way. It was the vibration that that's what got me, that's what awoke me to the awareness of finding the openness to find the bowls. So I think it's all connected in a big way in homeopathy. I still use you know, certain, you know, essences that correspond to different chakras at the beginning or the end. And then, um, yeah. But yeah. And even when we get into, you know, flower essences are one of my favorites, but then we take it to the other end, which is essential oils and essential oils are really easy to study because there is a lot of potent biochemical activity, but there's a whole nother component to them. That's also an energetic component. Like we have both in that remedy. So what of the metaphysical side of the bowls? What do you see in the the layers of how it goes to work on us? Like you kind of pointed to like, there's sort of an aligning of something that happens when people work with the bowls. What do you see about that? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, I think we're 80% water, right? Mm-hmm. So, and we're made up of cells. And so these cells are living and they could either, you know, we talk about healthy cell turnover, and, you know, with the vibration. So sometimes one of the first things we were taught when I went to get certified was that there was water in a bowl and you would vibrate the bowl and there, it formed a honeycomb pattern. Mm. And so, which is found in nature. And it's also, you know, the, I, I think it had something to do with healing, you know, that particular pattern. And what's happening in our bodies is, you know, if you look at that honeycomb pattern that's formed in water, it's very symmetrical. It's not it's not, you know, 
like a choppy, you know, if you imagine an ocean full of yeah. choppy waves or something, it's like, that's might be what our body's experiencing when we're sending it negative thoughts. But, but when you're balanced and in tune, you have this symmetrical pattern forming, you know, in your body, in, in your body, in your cells, and that vibration, because again, it's very elemental, it's very nature like that, it's creating cellular turnover, because it's a positive vibration. It's not something where we're, you know, like horrible, like construction or something where you're like, Oh, my gosh, that sound, you know, yeah. and our cells are probably, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're dying in that moment or not. But like, really, yeah. I think what kills cells is you know, I, I think I talk about this a lot with people. And I'm sure uh, many listeners are familiar with this uh, Japanese doctor. And I think you know yeah. the name of him. Do you remember? I can't, I can't his remember his actual um, name, but he has the messages in water, like is one of his main books, right, where he goes through all of it. Yeah. And well, and if you put, I mean, now a lot of, we've probably seen these water bottles that have crystals in them yeah. because when you expose uh, water to a vibration, you know, and you think, oh, what vibration could crystal be giving off? If you put that water under a microscope prior to being exposed to the crystal, and then you put it under the microscope after the molecular structure changes. So it's that a molecular structure had the water been found in nature. Yeah. And so, which is pretty fascinating. So if you just apply that concept to our bodies, you know, we can change pretty dramatically, you know, for good or bad. And that's, that's why no matter where you are in your journey, I, I met a woman at, you know, Sanford Medical Center. Her name's Priscilla. She's an RN, but she was diagnosed with breast cancer, but she did no chemo. She uh, went, studied Reiki and she was able to, and also learned about Hertz, the frequency of Hertz. So say yeah. at like 80 Hertz, you're healthy, but at 50 Hertz, yeah. you are not healthy. And at 45 Hertz, you have cancer, you know, the yeah. hurt, and the bowls work with, you know, Hertz. And that's really technical stuff that, you know, a lot of the teachers who taught me know more, much more about than I yeah. do, but I just know it's working. And, but back to this doctor. So I think this is a dramatic example. He had, you know, two bowls of rice on the counter and one bowl of rice Every day he'd say, you know, it was there for a week. I love you. You're perfect. You know, uh, you don't change. We need you like just the way you are. And the other bowl of rice, he would say, what is, the other bowl of rice uh, would, you know, I hate you. Why are you here? You're ugly. This like, why don't you, you know, go to hell or something? I mean, like just something really dramatic. And so of course, like the bowl of rice that was being sent, the negative thoughts got moldy and the other bowl of rice stayed white. And so I think there's one example after another of that. And so with the bowls and the vibration and the healthy cell turnover, that's, I just, I've had some women like, oh gosh, this is another really cool example that, I mean, they got up and look like they look 10 years younger. Yeah. Like a yeah. weight had been lifted. You I'm thinking the bowls did that? Like, yeah, they're just, yeah. you know, glowing. And I mean, I was like, you need to go out to the bar tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> you look so good. This is like good um, youth therapy right before going out on a date, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So you just never know how you're holding stuff and how it's affecting yeah. you physically. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. You know, and one of the things that I talk to my clients a lot about is, is that there are, there, it's kind of like Mavslov's hierarchy of needs, you know, like there's the basic needs of food and water and you got to take care of your physical body at this certain level. But then there's levels of need that is love and connection and being with people. Yeah. And I think that there's, it's not like 
oh, crystal bowls are going to cure cancer. And it's not like only chemo. It's each of us have our need and our bodies need things at different times for different reasons. And that in my line of work, I have people that in the beginning, the first usually six months to a year, we do a lot just dealing with their physical body, getting nutrition in and toxicity out. And it's like really dealing with sleep, water, food, movement, like their basic needs being met. As people work with me two years, three years, four years, there's levels where they notice that the diet changes don't really do much anymore. It doesn't impact them as dramatically in one way or another. They would do the whole 30 or they do a cleanse and it would have a really dramatic impact in the beginning. And then they do a whole 30 now and it's like nothing really alters. Then they go to a acupuncturist or they go to a sound therapist or they go work at these other levels of healing and big shifts start happening. Like I believe that there's sort of a process that we go through and that there's certain therapies are the perfect thing for where we're at, which is like for you, the bulls are calling those people to you. So that's who you see. And I feel the same way. Like I set an intention with the universe that no, my phone never rings by anybody who isn't in alignment to work with me. So like my whole marketing scheme is really straightforward. I just put it out (laughs) to the universe and like, and then people call me and I talk to them and, and, you know, almost always we work it out. And, and, and like, I just, you know, I set that up with a deal with me in the universe, but like, I love that what I do, I feel like is I take people from predominantly what they're used to is the physical only. And I start to bring them across that threshold. And then, but I think that to each of us, you know, there's, and for my own journey, I've seen that where, there was certain work I had to do in the beginning to just get myself out of the chronic disease cycle. But as I've continued on, the therapies that have made a bigger difference are more at the spiritual level or at the metaphysical level or at the emotional level, or they're dealing with my thoughts, my belief systems about myself and about others. And that those do have miraculous healing capacity. But I think sometimes we misjudge there'll be one case or 10 cases of somebody that that was the perfect therapy doesn't mean now every single person with that disease, that's the perfect therapy. It's like, it is individual and unique to us where we are in our journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we started talking about earlier on was that, you know, that everyone, your journey, like our, what works for one person might not work for another person. Yeah. And it's just, and that, but, and that's why I felt it was so important to talk about the bowls to people because maybe like they feel like they tried everything and like they just, yeah you know, or, and they're starting to be more like sound baths and sound practitioners. Yeah. And Booty is the school I was certified at in, in Boulder, Colorado. And then it was just a whole bunch of practice after that. And, but if you, if anybody called them, I'm sure they would, you know, tell them who, what practitioner is in their area, because I think having access, wanting to try something new. And sometimes people, so if I, I did a retreat in, in Puerto Rico at the Ritz Carlton, and there was probably like 10 really high net worth women who, you know, you know, healthy, tried everything. And there's always, always one or two that have been like, where has this been my whole life? And then yeah. everyone else was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Now I know about it. So it's not, yeah. it's not like everyone has to connect with it in that no. moment. Um, and, you know, but I forgot what else I was going to say about, oh, Mayo Clinic, the mind-body medicine division. I think I mentioned this too, but they are inundated, overwhelmed with patients because what's happening is scientifically science and medicine and all these other, you know, treatments are curing people of cancer. Yeah. And then they're coming back with 
it again, like a different mm. kind of cancer or they're just coming back and they still have cancer. And they're finally realizing that like, Hey, if you train your brain, you know, you can change your mind. And if you change your mind, you can change your reality mm. and your life. And so it's kind of, it sounds so simple. It's easy to say, but it's yeah. really profound. Yeah. And, and it takes awareness and consciousness and patience and faith and hope and prayer and every, you know, everything. And you, but you learn that through, I think whoever's listening to this, you know, the podcast is just already miles ahead of most people because like, <laughs> right. they're at least aware that yeah. you know this works and so I yeah. mean you should be commended for for that in a big way and that you're probably on some path to you know you need to help other people that yeah. you know not just the universe but like we you're needed you know your community if anything yeah. and I loved I think you you did start with that as is I mean, I think we all go through our own, I do, I'll just say it this way. Like I go through my own insecurity. I mean, I've been practicing naturopathic medicine for 11 years. You know, I started my journey in med school 15, 16 years ago. And I still have these moments of like, is what I do really that big a deal? Or maybe I'll go do something else. Or like, like I forget from inside just how important it is. And it's like, I have other people around me, thank goodness, that cheer me on all the time. And they're like, thank God I have you in my life. Nobody else has said that to me. Or like when I get to be the one that says something that, you know, nobody else has heard for their body and their health. And, you know, mostly I'm always at work on dropping my own ego inside of this because that's good for me and my journey. <laughs> and, but to also not have that be, you know, I'm not trying to create inflated self-importance, but also remembering, honoring how important those of us that have a call to be on the healing path to go for it. And it can look a lot of different ways. You know, people come to me all the time. Should I go to med school? And I have a big conversation with most people about 101 reasons why you do not need to go to med school. You know, I mean, right. like if that is your specific calling, sure, we'll talk about it. But lots of people come and they feel like they need the credentials to validate what's actually in their hearts. And that's when I'm always encouraging people. No, like, I mean, I know this was my path. But I do sometimes joke that like it took me four years and umpteen hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to tell people to eat vegetables and drink water and love themselves because that's the majority <laughs> of what I do in my practice, you know, and, and, and there's lots more to it. But like that is, is those of us that feel that call, one, our greatest pain gets to be our greatest gift. So the work that we do on our own healing journey there's almost always a point with all of my clients, even if they're engineers or sales guys or in the stock market or financial advisors, they still feel this desire to take their healing journey and turn it outward to share yeah. what they've learned, to, to support other people in that process. You know, I have a, a former client who he's in financial advising and he has a financial advisory practice and he's discovered a lot about how the brain works because that's what he was dealing with is inflammation in his own brain. And so he's been doing these like brain workshops with a doctor as part of his process of like, no, you need financial well-being and you need physical well-being and they go together. And like here he is in the financial advisory world. And one of his favorite topics is to talk about, you know, central nervous system functioning and health, right? Because his oh, own absolutely. journey went outward. And I think we all have that. And I love, you know, you encouraging people to to listen to that that, it's that balance yeah, yeah the balance start starts within and goes and yeah I was my husband's really neat and you know extremely neat I thought I was organized but apparently you know I needed to be even more and he, and he always said it's like it 
it's a reflection of what's of your mind. And mm. so, you know, so I always think like, okay, if I didn't fold my pants, then like something might be like, you know, something's <laughs> going wrong in my head, you know, that kind of thing. But, but I think what you were saying about your client and this, I think when people, it's, it's like this idea of service and giving, it feels mm. so great to give. It feels great to give of yourself, to make people happy, to give money, to give like whatever it is. Giving is healing. Giving is yeah. feed your soul. It, it yeah. connects you with other people. And that's, I think the healing that happens when that's happening can be really profound. You know, I've had some of my girlfriends, because the word healer, I, I never use that because that one, I think we all are various ways. We just haven't identified specifically yet. And then two, it can be off-putting and then three, it's just so, but at the same time, it, it also, you know, gives kind of a voice to tell other people that, okay, like if, if I'm a healer, you are too. So, if, yeah. but you just don't know how, and oh, this is what, this is where I was going with it was some of my girlfriends have been like, well, like, you know, should I do the bowls? Like, what should I, like, they want to find, you know, they see how excited I am about the bowls and to have found this. And it's like, it's, you know, I say like, well, you want to, you know, you need to do like, like your path. And if the bowls are your path, fine. But like, if they're not, you're not going to, you're going to be kind of miserable. It's just, and sometimes asking the universe for guidance and just mm -hmm. waiting for an answer, asking your higher self, what is it that I need to do to feel deeply fulfilled and yeah. waiting and it could take a while to get that answer also it, it would could be something totally random and unexpected like you know sound therapy and yeah and I, mean, I didn't expect that but it was at this point in my life where I had everything I had houses and cars and money and boards and kids and everything was healthy and happy it's like okay and then well I'm just supposed to like shop and you know do, like what am I supposed to do the rest of my life like that yeah that was not it and so and I got to that point and I said okay I clearly I was manifesting the wrong things like I, you know I'd look at magazines and be like oh I want those pants or that bag or and it got to this point where when you have all that stuff all of a sudden you're like oh crap like I was wishing for the that's what I was taught to to go want, after you know yeah because yeah. my you know it's like my dad wanted me to work on Wall Street because like money was an issue for my parents so they were and my mom was always kind of like, go be into, go fashion, go, you know, whatever. She was really supportive of anything. So she was very happy when I went into this finally. Sometimes you have to try everything until it mm -hmm. finally hits you. But that, that emptiness that I felt, but having everything, and that was the turning point that really made me go deep and say, okay, I, you know, I did something, you know, wrong here. I should be happier than I am. Yeah. And, and so that's when you start to put your life into perspective. And like I said, kind of separate yourself from yourself because your physical body and your mental, like your spiritual, emotional body are, you know, constantly at, at odds. And it's kind of about finding balance between those mm -hmm. two and, and learning just how to navigate and have them fall into place. And again, life's never perfect. We're human and it's just, it's all a process. And I, am I grateful to have found sound therapy and like, do I have a purpose to spread the word? Yeah, that's like, that. I'll drop what I'm doing to talk about it or treat somebody or whatever it is. So, yeah. and I mean, I'm so grateful to you and this vehicle of getting the message out yeah. And, and yeah. And also with healthy eating, I mean, my energy is different. When I'm eating really clean and healthy, the way energy flows and it's miles uh, better. Like when I'm practicing more, I have to be really careful about what I, I put in my body because it slows down the energy or I'll fast. Like I won't eat 
before treatments that are coming up because it, the flow of energy, like your body needs energy to digest. Yeah. And, and so I need that energy to work with people. Yeah. Um, I need to talk to you because you could probably up my energy even more. Than, like, I don't even know. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't had Oprah on the table yet. I mean, that's All right. my, 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 other, my other goal. I know. My other goal was to get the bowls in the white house. And, you know, we actually knew the, the, the doctor that served under Obama and one term with Bush and a little bit with um, Trump. And I kept saying like, the, I need the bulls in the white house. They just need to protect the white house, like the America's best interest, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, but they're, you know, they're classically trained, but it's again, I was really close. So I'm not going to give up on it. Keep but stuff, working like, on it. Yeah. Still, I know there's, well, still, and, you know, you know, it's so interesting. Cause like at one level and 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 I know you and I, we could talk forever. I'm clear about that. But like, I always, I'm like, I'm like, should we wrap it up? Should I start another subject? I'm like, I'm starting another subject. So, you know, naturopathic physicians were trained as in conventional medicine. I mean, I'm a licensed general healthcare practitioner in the state of Arizona and Utah. I hold medical license. So at one level, it seems like we're very close in many respects to conventional doctors. What's fascinating to me is it's usually someone like you that opens up the door because it's so outside of the realm. It's almost like completely non-threatening. And then they're like surprised, like, oh my gosh, I didn't actually think this sound bowl thing was going to do anything at all. And now it made this huge difference. And then they're more willing to have conversations with me about fish oil lowering cholesterol. And it's like, it's interesting. I actually have found so many more people are more willing to start to open themselves up to the world of naturopathic care and working with physicians in that way because of Reiki, because of sound bowl therapy, because of things that seemingly are further away from the norm. I'm telling people about diets and fish oil and vitamin C. And, you know, me personally, I do end up getting into a lot of the other energetic and spiritual realms, depending on what people want to talk about. But you know, it's been, it's really cool. So it's like, it's like our gateway medicine. <laughs> it's like, yeah. literally. Oh, so I love you saying that though, is like taking that stand and saying, I want to see our bulls in the white house. I want to be able to have this because that's how so many things start to get opened up. I mean, in Utah, we have the Huntsman Cancer Institute and we also have doTERRA oh, yes. essential oils are based out of Utah. And so a lot of people did a lot of work to start to bring the essential oils into Huntsman. And I, and I'm going to botch up the story, but this is my impression of it was that initially it was the the using it as an alternative for cleaning products and general kind of diffusion for for the sake of like emotional stress, right? right. But then that cracked something open and they started to actually be more and more. And next thing you know, Huntsman has been one of the primary um, researchers of the effect oh, of essential yeah. oils in the actual treatment, mm-hmm. like utilizing it to, to alter physiology. Oh, but it, it opened a door coming from a non-threatening well, place. Right. And that's the thing we have to downplay it. You know, it was when I, when we brought the bowls to Mayo Clinic, you know, my integrative medicine doctor, who's a brilliant woman, but who also practices, you know, Tai Chi and like holistic types of well-being, you know, the, the way, and the bowls tend to gravitate toward kids first, like, like mm. pediatric oncology and which is so interesting and, and not always first, just with medicine, but it was all about okay, this will reduce anxiety. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, you know, we know it does so much more, but like, can we still, and for me, I was just chomping at the bit saying, okay, well, watch it do a lot. Watch it take guys who've been addicted to opioids and pills. Cause you know, they come back from war and 
they've gone through traumatic stress and they're, you know, all of a sudden they don't need them anymore. Yeah. They have no desire to take them. And that was, that was the, a bigger part is that this can really save lives. And, yeah. you know, I wanted to work with a, a friend of mine who was actually practicing. She has her master's in music therapy, taught at ASU, was on the board of ASU. She left her traditional music therapy practice just to focus on practicing with the bowls because she was seeing such dramatic transformations. And she also has a grant at the VA, you know, the veterans mm. and working with them. And, you know, they, they're coming off their medication naturally, just being exposed to the bowls once a week. And medicine is pushing, like the doctors are pushing it hard back on them. And, but to mm. have, for it to release pain and to recalibrate people there's too many suicides and deaths and all these other things because of the aftermath of war and we have to I mean we have to take care of each other at the most basic level and and to get it into hospitals if it's just about anxiety you know I'm waiting it's on my to-do list I need to come up with a program I have so many hospitals interested in a program with the bowls and and so you know my caveat was that I wanted them studied you know, so if we were going to yeah. go in there and do that, that I want to get the medical research behind it to yeah. solidify them that, you know, not just that do they work, you know, on a metaphysical level, but they're working on a physical level and emotional, spiritual, mental, everything. So yeah. that's next on the horizon. And mm-hmm. I've already, you know, just the fact that Mayo Clinic let us in the door, but I, I you know, I have to stay put in one city in order to like nurture the, the program. Um, yes. She but, who travels and bounces from one part of the country to the other. I know. It's yeah. like, it's going to stop. Talk about stop. I mean, the Corona, that was the first thing I thought was like, oh, it's the universe's way of getting us to slow down to and just sit still and just yeah. be like, go within, like face yourself and, you know, or face your family or deal with each other. And I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, of course, economically, it's, it's going to be, uh, paralyzing and you know I I was in the middle of planning an opera gala but it was but it's all it's all okay it's going to be okay and we're going to be okay and um, so speaking of which since you know for some people they can find practitioners but is there a possibility of either you know doing like a distance like can you do it over zoom does it work as well or are there recordings you know, I, I've been invited to record and that was something I, you know, I love experiencing as a person and recording. I mean, there are actually one of my friends in DC who was a former special operations guy, like a sniper. He went to Harvard and I mean, and he sent me the Spotify of like all sound bowl therapy. Wow. Um, and so I could, I could get you the specific link, but apparently there's a whole, you know, nice just recordings of, of, bowls and some of my friends have said oh Kristen I just went and downloaded a recording because I wanted to listen to the bowls which makes me so happy because usually I have a cd playing in the background before I start playing the bowls and like everything's getting set up and relaxed and it is relaxing when you're around the bowl if you could find a sound bath or I mean yes of course like I do I've done energetic I've done it like this with you know Skype or FaceTime or Zoom where you know the person can either see me play and and they could just close their eyes and relax and mm. listen to it. Or there's also ways to do it where you just say it's going to be two o'clock on a Friday and you want to do it then. And you just lay on the bed and relax and hang out. And then, yeah, like I, if I have a picture of you and an intention, I can definitely tap into like, I, I work with your soul and I can only finally say that because Alyssa Romeo, who's out of uh, Bainbridge, Washington, 
she does like soul work. I mean, she was one of the ones that told me like when I was talking to her, I used to, I used to do sessions with her cause I was trying to get clear. And she's like, you have, you just like, you're more clear than anybody else. She's just like, I can't, she's like, because I'd soul journal and she's like, you can't get any more clear, you know, that's, so I had all the answers, but it was still kind of like when you have a trainer and you don't want to let the trainer go, it's like, do I really have to go work out on my own? Like, <laughs> I, was just being, yeah. I was just being lazy, you know, it was just, I was being lazy. So, so that's the, so that's how the best way I could explain of like my higher self, we all have a higher self and yeah. I, and I encourage anyone out there that, you know, uh, this book is really meet your soul. It's really uh, helped me connect with, you know, my higher self. So I could connect with whoever I'm working with and ask what that person needs in that moment and hold that space for them and ask energy to clear or move or, you know, bring it like set boundaries. I mean, there's all, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so you, of course I'd be happy to uh, talk to anybody and help yeah. in whatever way I awesome. can. Awesome. Good. Well, I was just having visions of like getting to broadcast bowl work to just help people through the fear and the anxiety that's going on right now around what we're dealing with. And as everyone's sort of shifting their lives as we're kind of early on in this epidemic right now, and there's lots of unknown, I think it could operate at many levels to help support people. And, yeah. and you know, my, my teacher had always said that his, like his students were his gods and goddesses and mm. And I always say like when I, you know, when I meet somebody like you who's, who's helping me get this message across to more people, I always say like, you're one of my goddesses or my angels. Like I say, angels, Yay. you know, and, but anyhow, that is, it's like, it's either my angels talking saying that, okay, this, we brought you this person Yeah. now like step up and like, don't be lazy. Like, I, yeah. like you know, I guess. Would you create like a weekly broadcast where we get to listen to you once a week and tune in in order to like keep clearing our oh. energy as we move through this? I mean, I'm like, I have all these visions of how you could help support what people are dealing with right now. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, that could be a lot of fun and, and we could, either work with different chakras or set a different intention. And that would be really, you know, quick, easy. Uh, I mean, not quick and easy, but accessible for yeah. people. Yeah, totally. Right. My God. Thank you. That would, yeah. that would be exciting. Yes. We need yeah. all the things right now. Vitamin C and right. sound yeah. therapy for the immune system. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's yeah. the thing in the immunity. It's, it works really well with immunity yeah. that with healthy cell turnover and and if you play an instrument, don't underestimate it because totally. if I, I mean, I played the flute my whole life and I'm thinking really that vibration was, you know, doing yeah. something for, and, and singing um, and singing, oh, singing, which we yeah. have everywhere we go. Even if you don't think you're a singer, actually like humming like yeah. that. Hmm, or if you mm -hmm. think of Om, like Om is the B chakra, but we say Om and yoga and yeah. that, but any humming and each chakra has a sound, you know, and that's something that you could probably YouTube, like you could find that pretty quickly online. Yeah. And even just saying those sounds or even just saying Om and just you're driving or breathing, like a, a couple of friends of mine have really uh, been singing the praises of breath work. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my dear, I just appreciate you so much and all the work that you've done. And thank you for sharing with me and sharing with people out there who get to listen to this and, and get some new access points or, or get validated in the work that they're already on, you know, on this, this journey that we're here on this spinning ball of dirt with all of us together in humanity. Oh, so, well, thank you. Yeah. Do you want me to, do you want to hear a crystal bowl real fast? And yes. Okay. So this is the frosted fern platinum bowl, but anyhow, I love this as a deep sound. And if we just set up, we, we start with an intention for this podcast to reach and help 
as many people that need it and to carry the message of healing forward that So a lot of times when these are being made, they chant mantras. So these are, I don't know what the mantra, sometimes they're prayers. I mean, I'm sitting here, I feel it. Like if you were here, it feels like a wave. I mean, you yeah. experienced it. That's um, awesome. No, and I love having people being able to look some up online and we'll have all the links in the show notes. And, and then with all of these podcasts, there's an accompanying blog post that's got a little oh. bit more like data and information so that the people can just share their story on the podcast. And, uh, in oh, the- you guys are so busy. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, the universe had been telling me I needed to do this since 2015 and it took me five years to actually do it. So yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a journey for me too. And a lot of me working through my own fears and anxieties about really speaking out in a big way. And I have my own personal stuff, just the backlash that can happen and that sort of does happen. And as my adorable producer, Kendra is telling me all the time, you know, you're on to saying something really powerful when lots of people have an issue with it. And I'm like, great, I'm going to for that. That's going to be awesome. So yeah, it's, it's been a big part of my process to be willing to to just step out and, and speak my truth and share it in a way that makes a difference for people and let, let it be how it lands for others, you know, or whatever happens with it. So, but it's amazing. It's been a big We both found Kendra. Like Kendra was kind of like, I think I mentioned what helped me. Yeah. And then, but she helped me get my website launched because before then I didn't, and then she's helped you with like, it was something in my head that I wanted to do for a while. And just like the podcast you want to do. And all of a sudden you find Kendra. She's a manifester. I know. It's just like spiritual rocket fuel, like rocket fuel for, I don't know. Kendra, you're not allowed to edit any of this out of the podcast either. We're promoting you. You've got to keep all this in. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm trying to think like how we would label her, but, uh, but she's, she's just, yeah. Ball Mm -hmm. of positive energy. I love you, Kendra. I know you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good. Oh, we're good. We're going to steer clear of Corona. COVID for a while and take care of our bodies. And I mean, you know, the best we can do at this point is whatever is in our highest good and our highest level of taking care of our physical bodies. And, and that includes emotionally and mentally and all of yeah, it. and just to be present, because I mean, I went to the grocery store yesterday, and I just got what I usually would get. But then today, I went with a list trying to make recipes, and I couldn't get tomato sauce, or yeah. frozen berries. And I started to have this kind of moment of where I wanted to panic. And I thought, well, like, what, how can I not get tomato sauce in the United States? Like, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know, or can there was like no pasta, no tomatoes, no anything. And you know, and then my mother who was out here was like, well, you need some guns because, you know, you got to shoot a squirrel or something. There's no squirrels in Phoenix, but, but it was yeah. getting to the whole people, you know, you could, we could get ahead of ourselves and thinking about, you know, what's next is my girlfriend and that has a store in Phoenix and in Beverly Hills and Dallas, she had to send somebody to get the expensive merchandise out of it. Cause she was worried about being looted. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and when we had, like, when we start to think about these things, like uh, this is the one thing I would caution about the coronavirus is that 
when we give something energy, like we've given this a lot of energy, like everybody, yeah. the media, everyone, every day, every moment, yeah. we're looking at the headlines on the phone and the more energy we give it, the more it grows. And so yeah. that's why a lot of times I just, I try not to, I hadn't turned the TV on since Friday when the president gave his state of emergency you know, speech and the press questions. And he had the head of corporations there that I turned that on. I watched that. And I was like, okay, not anything for, you know, yeah. five days or three days or something. Thanks. I hope um, you're probably pretty safe up there. Enjoy it. And it's nice to be with family in these times. Well, be healthy, take care. And thank you again. So, so much. And, oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. Okay. We'll be I hope in to touch. talk again soon. Sounds okay, good. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thank you to today's guest, Kristen Lund, for gracing us with her profound wisdom and passion. You can learn more about finding your own healing by going to sarahmarshallnd.com or following me on Instagram at sarahmarshallnd. Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nickpour, and editor, Kendra Vicken. And thank you for being here. Until next time. <laughs>